Welcome back. This is part two of Frivolous Gravitas's look at certifications. Uh, if you're looking for the more theoretical discussion, then uh, go check out part one. Uh, this video should say part two, so go check out part one anyways. Uh, for part two, we're going to be looking at uh, kind of some solutions on what you can do with regards to certifications in your life, which pretty much just amounts to advice. Um, but we're hoping that some of this advice is good because a lot of it needs discussion. Um, so Chris, what would you say if you are in the market for a certification? Cause you want to, you know, get all that authority and for your job interviews. What would you tell people? I think the best way to go about it is to start with some examples. Cause I think it's easier to understand conceptual issues through example than it is to just, um, profess some type of yeah. higher understanding. Uh, so the YouTube channel and um, what do you call it? Uh, podcasting and stuff like we're doing is a pretty good example of how you shouldn't really go look to get certified to, to start a radio show because it really sort of hinges upon having a breadth of experience and expertise, um, not necessarily mastery of, of many things, but your mastery would be your knowledge of a bunch of things because that just makes your your content more versatile and it gives you a bit more of a fluid approach to any other type of subject that you want to discuss so like thankfully with us because we work so many jobs before our academic careers it's easier for us to come up with topics that we can discuss competently um, even without the expertise because there's some background knowledge um, and experience of how industry works. So a more specific example, though, I'd use is be like um, a lot of people go to school just to get a good job so they can make a lot of money. One way of doing this is to get an MBA. And when you get an MBA, there's any variability of type of jobs that you're going to get from it. So if you just want to make tons of money and you want to go to university to get a degree to make tons of money, you could do it by learning markets and you could get one job in a market where you want to learn all the heuristics and um, analysis of, of different types of charts and data flows and things like that, which are live streaming constantly. And a lot of people will say, well, you can automate that. And yeah, so when you automate it and then you've got a whole bunch of flags pop up and there's too many flags for one person to read all at one time, you'll still need to hire an MBA to check into all the flags that are popping up and analyze them. But there's, there's, um, there's types of jobs that you can get in banking. So even if you're just doing stock trading and analyzing charts, you could be the type of job where you're looking creatively at, at finding correlations between different uh, sectors of, of the marketplace, for, for example. And it requires like a creative analysis of, of the data that you're presented. And it's the same data that and heuristics that um, another analyst would use, but that analyst might be looking towards the uh, the the pre-established norms, I guess, is one way to look at it. Like, so for instance, with candlestick charts, there's going to be candlestick patterns, and anybody can read the same candlestick patterns, and those can be taught in a university, and you can master those and know them all. Mm -hmm. But another type of an, another af, uh, facet to the job would be comparing candlestick patterns to like volumes or inflows or repo markets or. Uh, currency valuations or things like that seeing that require with, depth of experience in seeing other them not just as for the data they have but seeing the data they have within the context of what it's trying to represent so those those numbers don't really make any sense other than 
in relation to the rest of the market. Mm -hmm. And that and takes a good experience. portfolio manager would need to know both because they mm -hmm. want to see what everybody else is looking at, like the pre-established formula that everybody uses as a baseline. Mm -hmm. You want to know that too, but you also want an analyst who can creatively come up with things that other people haven't seen because that's what gives you your market edge is having a better interpretation or a unique interpretation to the same data. And what you do is you take both of those analysts and you put them together and somebody with experience doing both of those things, the higher up, that person would then be charged with deciding which one has more weight, more leverage, whether it's additive or uh, subtractive or divisive or multiplicative or whatever the, the factor of influence it has over future, future projections. Um, that's a different job, but they both take an MBA to learn. So knowing what job, what type of job you want to do before you decide what school you're going to go to or what you're going to study is crucial, in my opinion. So if you just want to go to school and make money and you want to punch a clock and walk away at the end of the day, don't go into uh, Goldman Sachs type of banking with mergers and acquisitions where you're valuing companies' fundamentals from a, a depth of experience and historical perspective because that job's going to be a nightmare to you. If you want to get an MBA so that you can work in the government and manage just regular routine budgets and do a nine to five and, you know, move up in the company. There's nothing wrong with that. And you can make a lot of money doing it, but be aware of what you're getting into beforehand. It's like with law, you don't just go in thinking that criminal law is the only type of law there is. A lot of law is super boring. Like you take in people um, and just walk them through the immigration process, for instance, extremely boring work. But you just punch a clock, you go in, you know your job, there's no stress, you know exactly what to do. Whereas you can get that same law degree and you could be adjudicating on um, Supreme Court matters or something, you know, down the line, if that's your, that's your future goal. Or to be a judge, if that's your future goal. That's a more active type of engagement and it requires like a lifelong learning process. Just like that banker who knows both the fundamentals and the technical analysis, putting them together to, to form a value judgment on, on any stock. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's for students going in to get a degree just to get a job, know what type of work you want to do. Do you want to do work that you take home and make a life out of, or do you just want to punch a clock? And then sort of focus your studies towards that. Yeah. So Don't focus your studies towards getting the degree and just saying that degree earned me the job because that's a terrible way of going about it. Now, to build on that, because that's that's great way of putting it, is that um, have a have a focus, but then you have to be open to the fact that you might suck at what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's uh, was that guy, that dirty jobs guy. Um, he came up with that like, don't follow your passion, follow your talent. Um, which you know you could end up you know i want to do this i want to do this i want to do this and you could find out it's just like i'm bad at this i like <laughs> the idea of doing it but i i don't i'm not good at it so you find out what you're actually good at and do that um and it's um like I, well, I started doing history again this is my example is that i found that i was good at this i was found that i had a my brain just was tuned to that type of um, thought and analysis and work. And I was just, uh, and when I put hard work into it, I ended up doing good work. Like it's hard work for me. Cause like, I like, like I'll be doing something and all of a sudden I'll be like, Oh squirrel. So I have to like stay focused. Reading I find is very difficult, especially sitting down and reading for me. But when I got the reading done, I found that I had a knack for this. So 
like you might have to i think what i might say is tell people is that like certification that you want isn't the certification that you might that you should be getting and if you i guess i guess this goes back to going with flowing with the logos is um just because you think you want it just because it's the one that everyone's getting doesn't mean you need it and if everyone's saying oh this is my dream job this is my dream job this is what everyone's getting this is what's going to make me the most money it's like you if you get good at something you can make money off of it if you get really good at something you can you can be successful with it and all you have to do is put the work in how can i make this work how can i get this service to people how can i get my my talents and my skills to the people that would want to use them well half of that's marketing nobody likes marketing um i don't even like marketing people um but i understand the value of it and i don't even like marketing i wrote something up on kijiji and i got uh and i got um and i got work from it but i had to sit there and it ended up being just another problem to solve and so what and I realized I wasn't any good at installing flooring. That's why I'm not doing it anymore. I could make money at it. I'm not doing that. Uh, I was terrible at slinging coffee. I didn't even drink the stuff. And so, but I made money off of it. I was not going to make a career out of that. I didn't, I would not have been happy had I stayed in there. Uh, but what I found out is that certain jobs made me happier than others. Um, and it was hard to find that out. So try the field, I guess, as well and see if there's something that you can do. Now, not everybody can do something. There's uh, some people out there are just blessed by the gods to live a uh, nothing but thumbs life. And well, there's stuff for those people, but generally if you apply yourself, there's a good chance that you'll find something that you can do. And I think that's where you need to put your effort, not just say, I can do this because I have a certification. No, I can do this because I'm good at it. And if you take that to the job interview and say, well, why should we hire you on as the drafter? You just go in there because I'm good at it. And then they say, prove it. And then you're like, here it comes, charts. <laughs> and then because with that talent comes confidence. And confidence that comes from nothing is pretty obvious. But if confidence comes from, uh, if you're able to back it up, confidence is on uh you can't fake it that 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 cool confidence that comes with from competence and uh that's kind of where you want to end up and you might have a certificate but you won't care because you just know you're good <laughs> that's but i think that leads a lot into like the pride of work too. do something that you can be proud of which i'm sure that you can relate to that as well Mm -hmm. um if you come home at the end of the day and you're 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 producing under under uh substandard work but it's possible to get you a paycheck if you're not proud of your job you're not you're not going to be um you're not going to come home with contentment from the the labor hours that you put in and you put in yeah. a third of your life to sleeping and a third of your life to work you really want to make sure that the work portion is, is matter. It matters to you. And that's not to say you got to save the world or whatever every day. It means that if you go to work at a meatpacking plant, the person hiring at the meatpacking plant shouldn't be asking you about your, your goals and aspirations. 
they, they should be trying to see, are you content doing a repetitive job well? Yeah. And that, that should be better than status and titles. We, we should revere people like bartenders who are just really good at bartending. Oh yeah. And the ones like, who make customers feel good because it's a service. And you have to say, and a lot of people ask this, uh, I can't remember who, but there was those, um, those jobs that people do that, like if you are, if you're, if you're packing meat, meat needs to be packed because people like meat mm-hmm. and then, you know, every, then you can, you can you can use some cognitive behavioral therapy to turn your job around and make it, you know, something. But if you're sitting there miserable packing meat, maybe you should be expanding yourself or, or trying like make a upward, like try and make an upward or lateral move. You won't lose anything by trying to become better. You might accidentally lose a shitty job. Oh no. In <laughs> which case you can find a less shitty job. Like you play the market a bit mm-hmm. and moving trying to move yourself up even if you reach a ceiling you're still going to be at the maximum of what you're capable of and you might be surprised at how how high you can go but just getting a certificate doesn't move you up um and it doesn't need to be obvious where your your platforms are right like stepping up your professional competency doesn't mean that one thing that you do today has to be useful to you 20 years from now or that you have to see it ahead of time yeah so like my background at like call centers and stuff got me into finance and i was into trading um uh, currencies before that but like it, it wasn't it's not like I was planning on running a podcast 15 years later and that I might draw one instance from it. So that's what made it worthwhile. You, you should be able to do jobs that you're bad at and that you don't like as well. But like early on in your career, do a bunch of those, like have shitty jobs. That's really good for people to understand what they don't want. Right. And I think a lot of people downplay that type of thing too. Cause like I, I I've worked next to people at, crappy jobs and they just oh well it's just a paycheck and i'm in school i'm not going to be doing this my whole life whatever and they just they're wasting their time basically when they could be trying to get better at something that they're not good at just for the sake of getting better at it because it develops your brain differently like our our brains are plastic they're not hardwired so for most of the things that we do and occupy our space and time they're they're abstract in our minds so it's not about you know, chopping this piece of meat exactly the same and cleaning the blades and everything the same. It's operating the machinery, working next to people, self-motivating your, uh, to, to stay productive while you're on the production line. Things like that translate, but they're not, they're not as clear and obvious translations. Do you know, do you know what I mean? <clears throat> so I, I think it's important that people take even menial jobs seriously and even jobs that you don't like and that you're bad at because that develops you in all your other aspects of life. And then when you're managing people that have to do that menial work, you can relate to them and you can help them. And even on top of that, to build on that, your certification that you get when you move doesn't absolve you from doing menial work. Mm -hmm. And you're not getting this to become more entitled. You're getting this to become, uh, to get to a place where you can use your competence and that sometimes means brushing the floor. That sometimes means uh, picking up a rag. And yeah. that sometimes means, you know. Shoveling snow. Yeah, shoveling. <laughs> and it, it, it sucks, but it's not it, It's not a get out of work free card. Like, in fact, 
the 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 more certification you get the harder in reality you should be expecting to work you can you have this thing and you have more competence and therefore you have more freedom to work you don't need to just shovel go you also you have to shovel and go and program a computer and so i I think that's a really really good point and like we're expecting us to do less and he's like oh i have a certification therefore i'm entitled to be a lazy schmuck it's like no Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's actually the opposite i've seen a lot of that too like it's almost it's almost ubiquitously pervasive in in the academic culture i find where they they want to get the highest possible degree to get the most pay for the least work and you see it a lot in management because a lot of people go into management assuming that managers don't do anything because all of their bosses sucked (laughs) when they worked at jobs their managers didn't weren't perceived to be doing anything so they in turn believe that getting management credentials to become a manager would mean more pay for less work but that's really not the case it means you have to do harder work and you have to be fast at it so yeah that that sort of takes me to um another thing here for like guidelines for young people or for anybody changing careers um i i think it's really important too that they don't discount their past experience it's not about status or or labels or anything like that like your work experience is work experience Mm -hmm. the reason why experience matters isn't just like the number of years or the number of jobs you've had or the responsibility you've had it's years committed experience just showing up and falling asleep and going going back home like if you worked at a um a parking garage or something like that that type of experience isn't the same as working at mcdonald's they might pay the same but working at mcdonald's you're you're cleaning um, machinery you're handling customers and returns you're dealing with cash you're doing mental humility (laughs) you are yeah but like i still bring up installing flooring whenever i do a job interview it's like because they always ask like oh like how like how can I expect your work ethic? And I'll be like, I stole flooring and I didn't know what I was doing. I was working twelve hour days every every day, and I showed up every day. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh well, what? Uh, how can and we expect heavy you to be work. versatile? Well, when I was working security, <laughs> I had to think of my feet. Or when I was waiting tables, every table was different. I couldn't just I couldn't just apply the same algorithm every day. I had to be creative. Every single different table had to have this. Uh, element of creativity uh, with it, or I couldn't. And I applied that to a lot of my uh, scholarship too. It's like, how can I approach this like a table that I'm serving? Um, because you can't treat the same thing in the same way. And so, yeah, I uh, like, yeah, you work a bad job, but you can bring that to work just as much as your certificate. Yeah, and recognizing that not everybody wants the same thing from their jobs too is really important, sort of getting back to what we started with. Because like, if you're the type of person that doesn't want to be creative at work or be expected to have to think on their feet, like if that's stressful to you and you go home hating your job because of it, there are highly credentialed jobs you can get that are just punch the clock and do this. Like I'm taking payroll certification right now just to know how to do payroll because, you know, it's useful. <laughs> but payroll is one of those things that doesn't deviate much. It's not like um, trying to restructure corporate uh, umbrella corporations and numbered corporations to distribute profits to lessen tax burden on the company or like relocating headquarters to find the best country. And then you have to uh, assess like duties and fees and 
you know, where you're going to be transferring and parking cash and where your liquid and your hard assets go. Like you could do something really complicated with any certification, but if that's not part of your interests or what you want to do for a living, just because you don't think there's a, a high um, social credit to being a bus driver doesn't mean that you couldn't be a happy bus driver. You know, mm-hmm. like the world needs bus drivers. If, if you haul garbage, that that's, that's not a dirty job that you don't want to do that's, you know, beneath you or something. You should, you should be happy and content to haul garbage. Like if we didn't have garbage collectors, we'd all have to do it our, ourselves. So nobody's beneath it or above it, I should say. Well, and I think when you get the certification, you place yourself in that I'm getting, I keep thinking about um, how that overly orderliness comes into that, where I have a place in society and it's not here and then you end up miserable and then you, 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 you become your certification. And a lot of people do this. Like a lot of people get a lot of meaning from their jobs and, but it's, it's healthy and it's also a bit of a trap. It's a double-edged sword because if you are your certification, then, but your certification also is not your job. Your job is your job. And your certification is just the thing that maintains your authority to hold that job in a lot of times. So are you like, I, that's why I don't like saying like, I, I like I prefer introducing myself with my name rather than, Oh, you know, MBA, unless it's in a stupid email that I'm writing to a bank or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or applying yeah. for a mortgage or something. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. And I'll just write all my titles out there because you know, it's funny or it, <laughs> like, it doesn't matter for the email, but to put them in there is almost ironic because I'm not, I'm not my, I'm not my certifications. And it's just something that puts some more gravitas onto my name. And, but my name is who I am. Well, my name represents who I am. It's a symbol for myself. And to make your entire being into a certificate or into this thing that you got from a university is kind of dumb because what happens if that university, <clears throat> well, if you get a, a studies degree, and you decide that university is racist or something, and then your studies degree also is racist. Well, then yeah. you, know, you fall apart, or that, uh, or the profession itself goes, you know, kaput, and then you're stuck with a center or a locus of meaning that has no effect. You 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 become redundant in your own life, right? Because but if you place your center of meaning on yourself rather than on what you've done. Uh, or on um, your being in yourself, knowledge of yourself, then you are almost made more anti-fragile to those things that are going to hit you. Now, you, things are going to hit you like that. And you, how you deal with those is more of a representative of who you are than the papers on your wall. Paper birds. <laughs> yeah, resiliency is definitely more, more valuable, in my opinion. <clears throat> And I, I think you and Jerry uh, talked about that in our episode called Conflict. Oh, Jerry yes. Fu is a pharmacist and turned, um, I can't remember what his certification was exactly, so I hope he forgives he me. He was a he, pharmacist, but he was a life coach, and that's the part yeah. we were talking about. And he about. got certified for it, too. Mm-hmm. And you can tell from his candor and his demeanor and his sincerity and genuine approach to his work that he actually loved what he was doing despite having been trained as a pharmacist but i guarantee you his training in pharmacy made him better at what he's doing 
I really did get a sense of honesty from him. I had never met him before. It was kind of a blind date. Yeah, I sort of uh, set you guys up and ran away. (laughs) But uh, he he definitely cared about um, the population that he was focused on helping. Like he cared about the Asian American population. He wanted them to lead better, more fulfilling lives. And so he got the certification not because you know he did it, but he got the certification to better facilitate what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So it's a, and this comes back, and I, I label this all the time. It's a tool, and use the tool for what it is, and don't make it more than it is, and don't prop it up on a pedestal. It's a tool that has its use, and use and like it properly. You said, don't pin your identity to it either. Yeah, it's nothing. To, it's not the highest part of you. It is the lowest part of you. Your certification is a baseline of competency. It's not to say, look how competent I am. It's mm-hmm. to say, how, look how minimally competent I am. So I think that's what gets distorted a lot in, in, in conversation when we're, when we're... Well, we're talking very bottom up, but if we look at it top down, we have a lot of these institutions like the university who are saying, get this and you'll be great. You'll become a visionary. Uh, mm-hmm. Go look up the U of M's like, ad campaign and everyone, you know. Every university you, is so bad yeah, for that. Visionary, you're a rebel, you're a trailblazer, you're this, you're that. And I'm just like, no. Uh, like some guy's probably like, I'm a mathematician. <laughs> like, it's like, well, be a rebel. It's like, I am a rebel. I'm telling you to go yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's, you are the authority and you're telling me to be a trailblazer and a rebel. Like, no. And so it's these, it's we're, we're listening to ad parents. campaigns to tell us what to value. And then companies uh, are listening to, like you said, they're listening to their human resources division and saying, this is what you need to hire. And then the boss is just like, I know what I need to hire. And they're like, well, we need to worry about liability and insurance and this and this and this and this and this. And it's just like, he's like, I need a guy who can rivet steel beams together. That's all I care about. If some guy comes in and says, I did it. You want me to do the rest? You're like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't need to see that guy's credentials if I can see him work. But on the same token, you don't want a welder coming in who's welding frames together and then have them collapse because the guy was using the wrong type of gas or the wrong right. type of lead or, or lead. Or, you know what I mean? Like, there is baseline it things is. that you need to know. You need to understand how, like, um, different types of welders work on different types of metals and under right. different types of search situations. Like underwater welding is not the same as above ground and it's not the same as in space. So well, if you want to so be like an astro space engineer, you're going to have to learn a different type of mechanics. Right. And so that's why when I said at the beginning of the first one where these things are useful and they're a symbolic way, it's just don't buy the hype but if you really want to do it and here's kind of that there's kind of that sacrifice that you have to make if you if you're not you know like it, it, that that heroic story of the guy just coming in and doing and getting the job like i love those stories oh man do i love those stories but at the same time if you're competent enough uh well then you should be able to ma- like you should be able to handle that degree no problem and get that symbol that you can stick on your chest. You don't have to care about it. But if you're that good, you should be able to get the degree. And this argument is kind of annoying, but it does have some merit. But at the same time, if you know your stuff and you think you can learn it in 2 years and they're going to say that's a 5-year degree and you're just like why are you wasting so much of my time? Like the U of A is wasting so much of my wife's time on everything. They, uh, we counted up, they must've wasted like three months of my wife's time over the course of four years. 
just teaching redundant things, doing uh, dumb admin things, morale days, uh, extra <laughs> days probably. off, um, these uh, social justice classes that they had to do, um, like just a complete gamut of time wasting that was like... And they profit from it. Like it's not like they're it. just sitting by, but they're making bank on these programs. And I right. think that is just cruel. So this is, so if we're looking from this from the top down, they're padding it out so they can get more money. And they, they know that the certification will still be the same, but from the bottom up, your certification is 20% time wasting, 10% garbage, and another 5% like uh, a social deconditioning to make you uh, like, what is it? Hate called it. Jonathan Haidt called it reverse cognitive behavioral therapy. And <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's absurd. Like you should be making that 50% that you're actually learning a hundred percent of the stuff. Okay. 95, you still need to do your paperwork. We already established that. Yeah. <laughs> and, but that could be a practical course. You could have a paperwork course. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Here's how to generate a form that's useful. Like sociology does it when they teach people how to, how to make, um, surveys. There's a lot that goes into like the wording of questions, oh, sorting, yeah. sorting the A, B, and Cs, and because you don't want to leave too many open answers because then they're too hard to aggregate into data. So like, there, always see. there are programs there that 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 are useful that will teach the mundane, rudimentary stuff. But um, I think what you're getting at is the stuff that's just like make make work programs, make work projects. They're just filler BS. Yeah. Oh, this is popular today, even though like ten tired. years from now it'll this be This is completely... a homework in class day. It's like, frick. <laughs> <laughs> or like I remember we had uh, we're in I was in one of my first history courses, and we had an entire class devoted to how to use a library, and my thought was. Elementary school was for that. Yeah, my thought also <laughs> was if you don't know how to Ludo use the library go to the library and talk to the librarians. <laughs> the certified library tech. <laughs> like, why are you taking up my course time? Teach me medieval history. Like, Faust. <laughs> Schnell. Schnell. I, I found another good example, and just colloquially, but maybe it'll appeal to uh, our younger listeners out there because gaming is really popular these days. I play I hear a lot games. Of, yeah. <laughs> down with the vids yeah uh, there, there are a lot of kids out there that want, that want to get into game development because they like video games and, and like i'm not trying to discourage anybody from anything but i'm saying like that alone is not a plan to go to university to learn programming because you like video games says nothing about the way you manipulate data and algorithms and manage arrays and objects and you know import functions and libraries and and all that junk but it, it also says really nothing one about one weird creative programmer <laughs> yeah but it also says nothing about like the tediousness and the arduous process of building models and characters like all these little bushes need to be drawn and designed and modeled by people like yeah. that's a really really boring job so just because you like video games and you want to make video games that's not the same thing as getting a job making video games because a job is a job and it's a production line. You're going to sit there for two years and be told, make all these different types of groups of blades of grass. You make one like this, one like this, one like this, one like this, and you're just making the same assets over and over and over again. Here's 16 gigabytes of code. 
all the commas got turned into periods. So could yeah. you go through there and find all the commas that should be periods and not the ones that are actual uh, yeah. periods but that should be periods and change them all? There's a new version of C++ out and they've deprecated the arrow function. So now you've got to change all <laughs> these dashes into a different character. <laughs> Manually. Yeah, because you can get a computer to do it, but it, it's going to screw up one of them. So you have to check every single one that the computer does. So you're basically doing each one on your own anyway. Yeah, but if you write an algorithm that does it properly and the code works after, then you get a raise and a promotion. <laughs> but you still have to check it because the yeah, only way to still... know it works is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of writing it, you're reading it, but it's the same labor. It's the same job. Yeah. And it's but, really important. What yeah. I'm getting at, though, is when you have a goal or an idea of what job you'd want to do for a living, don't, don't just say people. like, I want to be president. Well, think of all the things that a president does. They travel constantly. They're You're six and you haven't even killed anybody yet. You can't be president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like there, there's the image and the idea, the ideal that comes into mind when you first think of it. Oh, that'd be cool to do. I'd like to be a surgeon. I'd like to be a brain surgeon. People would think I'm really smart and they'd all look up to me and I'd be rich. I drive a nice car. But like think of the job of brain surgery. Like somebody's life is in your hands and there's blood spewing everywhere and you're, you're managing all of your staff around you. You could be operating for 12 hours straight on your feet while you can't have shaky hands. Like the job isn't glorious or glamorous and almost no job is being an actor is tedious and boring even if you're brad pitt saying the same sentence over and over and over again and pretending like you mean it every single time is exhausting oh and, and getting then, that little tick or like getting that right expression the just right yeah. expression like, and then getting a pimple there. and having a thousand people criticize you like <laughs> yeah like the superficiality of acting is often overlooked. People just think, hey, I'm good looking and it looks like an easy job and they make tons of money. Look how popular they are. But think of the job, working in trailers, being on site, sweating under the lights, having all this makeup on your face you got to clean off every night you go to bed. Like think of the actual job before you think alien, of the certificate that you want to get. Three hours of makeup a day or four What's hours that? of makeup a day. Yeah, think, think of like the job that you want to do. Don't think of the job title that you want to have. You know what I mean? Because if you're going to be spending money and dedicating hours and hours and hours of your life studying towards something like being a lawyer, know what lawyers do. Uh, like really know what they do. Watch them do something. Like go on YouTube and check out like the day to day of a lawyer if you want. And you'll see like, oh, I don't really like going through like the tiny minutia of like this or that. Or like trying to find new interpretations and extrapolating some you know, arbitrary, arbitrarily weird um, side loophole or something to try and close it. Or like lobbying the government, how boring it is to like be up on a loudspeaker and just be trying to rile people up, spewing like emotional garbage that you know is false, but you believe in the, the you believe in the end goal. So you kind of like justify it to yourself. Yeah. There are hard aspects to every job. And just thinking of the glamour or the ideal in your mind without ever looking into it and then going to school for it, to me, is just ignorant. Because you may you may like, like strike gold. You may luck out and it just is what you like to do. But more often than not, you're not going to get a job like that. Well, and everyone sees the BMW and they don't think of the work. They think the BMW brings them happiness. And mm -hmm. I see this in a lot of immigrants. And, and they, they come over and they see, oh, we're going to get the American or the Canadian dream, which is a mm -hmm. good dream put your work in, become successful. But they think that the the dream, that the goal of the dream is the is is the physical wealth. And 
they stuck, they stick, they come over here and they, they get successful and they get stuck in the same trap that the rest of the Canadians are in. And we're just like, welcome to the boat. <laughs> the BMW was a trap. <laughs> the whole point was to find a job that brings you meaning to, so you can support a, you know, a family or your, you can have a good life with your friends. The job is a means to an end, but the end itself is the job. Strangely enough, it's <laughs> the things that you get with it allow you to, you know, not waste time with doing dishes. Oh, I work so I can get a dishwasher. Now you can spend more time with your family and your children. That's the value of your certification. It's not the the pool that you put in the backyard. It's the time that you can now spend playing with your children in that pool. Mm -hmm. And then your kids ask you, oh, what did you do? Oh, you know, I, uh, I did this and that's, that's it. And then your kids look up and you go, oh, that's pretty lame, but you seem to like it. So awesome. <laughs> and that's, that's the value of it. It's, it's like those people who, um, they work so they can go sit on a beach and go do nothing somewhere. And I, 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 like, that's great when you, when you've earned it, when you've put the sweat and tears in, and then you sit on the beach and you say, I want to get back to work or which is like, Oh, you're a workaholic. Or you say something like, that's enough. I've had enough. I want to go back now. And that, which is a strange feeling to have. Cause I'll be sitting on a beach. Uh, where I just went on vacation this summer. It's not much of a vacation. I went into the Rockies, but when we're on a beach, me and my wife are sitting there going like, I think I'm done. I think I'm ready to go home. And what that means is I want to get back to work. I want to resume that meaning making in my life. And that meaning making has a byproduct of having money and stuff and security and all this stuff, but it's not the thing you're building. So, and if you're out to change the world or make the world a better place, know that your job is going to suck. You're going to hate the actual work that you do, but you're going to love the outcome or the, the out product of mm -hmm. what you do. So if you're going into government, that means campaigning and going door to door and shaking people's hands and telling people over and over and over again what your policy stances are, because every person is different. Never heard it before. Please have actually have a policy stance that's not just a negation, yeah. please. <laughs> And, and it's begging radio for airplay because you know, statistically, the more airplay you get, the higher likelihood it is, like vastly more likely that you'll, you'll be elected. So yeah, even if you want to make good in the world as an elected official, the job itself sucks. It's like just tons of letters, it's tons of organizing. Sitting on the phone for nine hours begging for money. Yeah. And then like you're going to make dirty. concessions. Like that's some dirty shit. <laughs> In order to get one thing through, you're going to have to sacrifice something else you believe in. Like that's part of the job. You, you can't have both. And if you're not into that, go into law because in law you can demand everything and you can break down your arguments, but then know that you're going to have to comb through all of case law. Well, every the first single time five you have a years of law in your legal profession are getting coffee stapling papers you don't actually practice that much law early on you, you tons choose, of research yeah like you're digging up garbage and it's it's not fun you're doing research and then someone says go grab 63 coffees <laughs> <laughs> and that's your job and it's no fun and you don't make any you don't really make a profit for a while like uh i was doing some lsat i think i brought this up on a previous thing i was doing lsat well, in the states they I, don't even pay their interns yeah and i thought <laughs> Like I could get into law, but I wouldn't be making any money till I was 50. <laughs> That's not worth it. <laughs> but unless you become a notary public, in which case you could just punch in, punch out, make 150 bucks an hour. 
you know, it's not the same as 350 or 550 that you'd be getting from Goldman Sachs. But yeah. again, you're not working 13 hours a day and it's not complicated. You're just doing the same type of thing over and over again, notarizing documents, transfer of sale, death certificates, um, IDs, passports, mm-hmm. you know, but like there's, there, there's variability to all these jobs. So if you're going to get a credential for something, know what you want to do in that field too. Don't just say, I want to be a programmer and be like, do you want to, do you want to write code that is, um, revolutionary like new code that's never been written before like on a new operating system or on new hardware architectures like with new new processors are you going to be doing machine level code or do you want to write like machine learning algorithms which are all like high level using libraries and and like python and stuff which is an interpreted language or do you want to program out of date like point of sale systems that don't really work properly It's like, like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to program for like big video game companies. Well, those guys put all their effort in. Yeah. And they work themselves to the bone for sometimes a product that doesn't even get shipped. Sometimes they run out of money and the the thing never finishes. Or you end up working for Bethesda or EA or something. (laughs) (laughs) Which is brutal. (laughs) Yeah. So, So, yeah. I think knowing ahead of time what you actually want to do, not like the label for the thing you want to do, but actually what you want to do. Do you want to do you want to do something that's routine and you know repetitive, like I'm being, or do you want to do things that are new all the time? And if you want to do things that are new all, all the time, you're gonna have a harder life. Mm-hmm. It's much harder to do to be like a writer and a musician and a programmer and a graphic designer and you know all these other little things, sort of intermediary than it is to do one thing really, really well and just get a job doing that one thing, but then having the most boring job in the world. Yeah. So you, you got to pick and then there's variation between the two. Obviously there's gradients. Yeah. I think the last thing I'm going to say is that, um, specialization is for insects just because you have a certificate in one thing doesn't mean you can't, you don't have to learn anything else ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are, like I saw in a lot of the archival and library students, oh, I am a, I work with records. I don't need to learn how to use a computer. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, it's like, or they, uh, you know, I move beyond your horizons. You can learn stuff in your spare time. You can learn stuff as a hobby. You can do things like that are outside of your realm because you can like, you should be able to till a garden and then go and, you know, write uh, scripts on your computer and then, you know, go and be able to shoot a gun and then go and be able to change a diaper, um, wash mm-hmm. your hands. And, <laughs> uh, but then you should also be able to do first aid and all this stuff. You are a human. You are capable of doing so many things. And yeah, you specialize in a couple, but don't limit yourself uh, to one thing. This is the thing that I'm good at. This is the thing that I do. This is the thing that I know. Okay. What do you do beyond that? And then just, you know, uh, I'm really good at pool. Well, that's actually interesting Yeah, (laughs) because people with a versatile set of skills tend to be more interesting in general, but they also are more employable. Um, and I don't really have anywhere else to go about that. Um, what was it called now? Do you remember which one I'm talking about? The one that was uh, about generalists? 
as opposed to specialists? Oh, no. Uh, is that cool. one of ours? Hmm? I think we're burning out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the other thing I actually wanted to touch just briefly before we close out was, uh, and this is just opinion, obviously, but I, th I think we should, we should be more, um, we should have a more favorable opinion towards challenge exams, like challenge certi certifications. Mm -hmm. If we truly do believe in giving money to the people who deserve it, if we're actually capitalists, real capitalists, we should be able to certify people for knowledge that they didn't take classes for. Making people pay for things like um, having access to scholar articles so that they have something to quote so that they can write a paper on it, to me is, is just complete BS. That's the way you prevent capitalism. That's the way you keep elitism in in function. What's because you're saying only if you have money already can you access the thing that gets you more money. Uh, like money begets money is not at all capitalist. What we should want is more people challenging exams from practical experience and learning things on their own because you actually develop a better knowledge of things that you've learned by practice. I'm not saying that there's no place for school, but if you've spent 10 years programming, you're going to be better than anybody graduating from three years of a school. Well, that encourages innovation too, because then the whole point of a free market is that if you think you've got the skills and you think you have something to add, we're not like the society isn't going to stop you with bureaucracy. You mm -hmm. can just go in and say, I know my stuff here. I want to get to work. Challenges it, get your certification. See ya. And then. Uh, this should have been in the first part, but then you get people who do have that and they essentially challenge it. They've done a whole bunch of stuff and they then people get awarded honorary degrees. You get an honorary certification and it's just like they showed up and had a talk and had made a speech or because they're famous. Mm -hmm. And like you get people like, uh, you know, absolute incompetence like Greta Thunberg or something like that or getting awarded all these degrees or something. I should probably look that up. But then people <laughs> like that just because they're famous uh come in they get a degree and you're sitting there doing your four years of work and it's like okay yeah this guy did a lot of work but you have to do the work <laughs> yeah and if you come in and challenge it and like the exam should be hard and it should be the same exam that's given to the people that did the program because mm -hmm. they didn't know before they went into the program and the people who know their stuff coming in because they have to display that they know that stuff but the exam shouldn't be quoting the textbook that they require you to buy for the class. Like that's right. what they're doing now for these certificate programs. And I think that's completely ass backwards. The exam should be so general that it's agnostic to which textbook you read. As long as you understand the material um, from a fundamental point of view, like if you build engines and you don't know the words for all of the engines, you should be able to just show that you can machine parts for an engine that runs like, if part of the certificate requirement is to know how like like fuel injection and gas flows and stuff works, what better demonstration of that knowledge than somebody building their own fuel injection parts and, and putting them into cylinders and like adjusting their own bore lengths and you know what I mean? Like it shows a, a, a much greater proficiency having a challenge exam that that literally translates to the competence of the subject matter rather than um, having a, a multiple choice question that said, did the book use this line specifically or this line specifically and, and just quoting words that you've memorized. Memorization is a terrible way to test people's competency. 
Because oh, um, read regurgitates has nothing about understood comprehension. I can't stand like a lot of even my students uh, say, "Oh, what do I need to memorize to get this?" I'm like, "This is a paper. <laughs> you're gonna write it, and then you're gonna rewrite it, and then you're gonna erase it and rewrite it." Like memorization is actually anathema to this process. Yeah. Like, no, that's that's good in certain things. You do have to memorize certain things. Like, there's certain things you do need to know cold. Like, like the alphabet, math. you have to memorize the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, you have to like if you're doing math, you need to memorize the equations, and oh. so. But then you, once you memorize them, it becomes a tool that you can use creatively. But the thing is, is if a- you understand the equations, you don't need to memorize them because anytime you need to use it, the equation makes sense, and you can just say like, "Oh, how how would I do this?" And then you'd write it down and figure it out on the spot. You wouldn't have to actually memorize the right letters in the right format. You could just. Because formulas can look different, right? You can always use algebra and move things around. Like E equals MC squared can can also be uh, M equals what's C squared divided by E. It's the same formula. (laughs) Yeah, you might want to double check that. But (laughs) (laughs) if you got a math degree, put it in the comments. But you know what I mean? Well, it's just that's high school algebra. You just divide one side, divide the other side, and you've got the same thing. So divide by M. Yeah, so I guess it would be divided by M. But anyway. 1 over m equals c squared over e, something like that. But the, the point is, like, you don't have to memorize even the formulas. If you understand math well enough to know how to get to the formula, you can just do it on the spot, and you could challenge the exam. And it shouldn't be wrong to not use the, the same letters as the memorized formula. It should be just as right to calculate compound interest without ever using a p, i, n, or a t, or an r. <laughs> Because those are just for simplicity of teaching. They're aids. They're tools. They're they're not like they're not absolutist, concrete. Um, challenge exams. I think people are worried that they'd probably be um, abused. Like people would learn just enough to get the challenge exams. And but in my opinion, that's all you want from a certificate is a baseline anyway. So yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't be ruining any any competency accreditation from the certificate you know it's basically it would be doing what it's supposed to do even if everybody was challenging it and not taking classes so history buff should be able to get a history degree just from having read history their whole lives they shouldn't have to pay for all the classes and sit through everything if they don't need to well that's like knowing history is only part of history though you have to be able to write you have to be able to like decipher because history is like if you go into archives and you just because you like it and you like read up and you like there are people that do literally do this as like amateur historians and like i don't know why you need it's basically that (laughs) no uh people like you go into the archives and there's always a bunch of old people going in like oh yeah and they like you find a random like civilian expert on like something local because there's always some people like a lot of times when you hit senior citizen you just want to know things about what happened before your area and there's always like an expert wandering around and you know eventually sometimes that expert writes a book that's history that person is a historian well they don't have a degree doesn't matter Mm. that's a person doing history they don't care they just did the work (laughs) Mm -hmm. like and that's the thing about history is you go get a history degree for the access to the people that are good at history but you also do it because you uh, you want to hone those skills so that when you do go to the thing, you don't make the rookie mistakes that the amateur historian is going to spend 20 years making. You want to get those out of the way now so you can just get on with your obsession. 
We should stop promoting that redundant type of academic uh, achievement because it, it doesn't help the country. It doesn't help the students. All it helps and benefits is the people who, who get paid from tuition and book sales. And to me, that's not our, our, our social function of a university is not just to put three people through the motions to get a job. It's not even just to get them a job. It's to teach them. It's to learn. It's academia, you know, and if, if you want a certificate to be able to say that you can do a job, then that's fine. There should be a way of going about that without it being extortion. <laughs> like the gatekeepers need way less authority and power over, over the labor market, in my opinion. And I think the best way to do that would be to have a, a broader and more accessible system for challenge exams. And there should just be more certificates and less degrees. Because I, I, I don't think there needs to be a difference between somebody who specializes in ancient art and ancient writing. To me, they're both ancient and they're both academic degrees. And they're just people chose to go in this, this little fork and some people chose this little yeah. fork. Just like markets. like You can choose to go into stock markets and never touch bonds. But the bond market itself should be like its own field of study. Like It's so complicated. And currency is the same because currencies are valued against countries and the productivity of entire countries. So it's not even relative to a corporation or a small business, what a country does, because the management changes over every four years. And the management's not based on past experience, it's based on the electorate who can vote irrationally, based on popularity or looks. So like the entire industry of banking is different depending on which part you look at, just like history is different based on whether you look at archives or you're looking at art and and like sculptures or if you're looking at architecture like gothic architecture and engineering are very closely related but most architects their plans have to be adjusted by engineers because they don't factor in like trust loads properly because mm -hmm. they're architects they're not engineers well then an architect might be like gothic that's 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 Renaissance dark and it's just like what's the difference it's like oh but <laughs> i think the i think another thing about this is that a lot of people are cynical about their role in that and they think well i got like it's all stupid i'll just get my certification and then i'll do the job and then i'll get the money and then i can do whatever i want it's like oh that's a recipe for unhappiness <laughs> but they don't think that their skills are like they don't have confidence in themselves they think that they're garbage and that they're going to work and do garbage and that the whole system's garbage blah 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 and so there's no point in you know trying or um becoming more um not realizing that they're not living their life like that simply giving up but then uh, you get a cynicism that says well i'll just do what i need to do and get into it but what they're doing is they're feeding that bureaucratic uh cycle of um kafka's nightmare that ends up just stifling any creativity and joy that could have come out of it and like i see this as just a graveyard for innovation um mm -hmm. when you when you pay attention to the paper and not the work and so true to that man i think that's where i'm gonna uh <clears throat> cut it off because i, I I just want to, my last comment is going to be quick. I just want to make sure that we're not, we're not saying that there's no place for school or that it's stupid or that people shouldn't get it. And we're also not saying that you have to always be trying to get a better job or something like, if you're content, be content. That's the goal. Yeah. And you might've found your spot. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can just... get better at doing a job because you, you, there's a university course for it, take it. 
But just remember, university is a business and they're marketing. So they're going to they're going to keep you there as long as possible. They're going to keep you paying as long as possible. And they're going to subsidize from your tax money to do it for as much Rock as possible, unless you buck back for and your stop money. Them. Like if I'd say something, if they tell you something, challenge them, ask them why at every point, yeah, make that's them the work benefit for everything they want to there. do to you. <laughs> like if they want to send you to a, a woke social justice seminar and call you racist for three hours, depend, regardless of what you know, color of skin is out and in on that week, like speak up, them. speak up. Uh, if they want to send you through a paperwork gamut, one of the best things I did for that in my school was not, I just stood there until they processed my paperwork. They're like, Oh, you can come back in a month and get an appointment. I'm like, no, <laughs> you're going to do my paperwork now. Just I'm take not that stamp, put it in the ink, drop it yeah, on the paper. It'll take five walk. seconds. Just do it. You're such a jerk. I'm like, no, I'm selfish, which isn't an evil. So <laughs> I want but, the so I can get on with my life and we can both get on with our lives. Like, mm, and But it's important to not let them be the gatekeepers because they only hold the keys as long as people let them. Yeah. So being outspoken and even if you have to go along with it, just say your objection. Like mm-hmm. be outspoken about it. Because if they hear it often enough, they're going to be motivated to change it. Or when they get old and retire and somebody new comes out, they'll say, oh, I've been hearing this my whole life. Like, why don't we just change the system like this? And it'll, it'll eventually get changed over time. Yeah. That's how evolution works. But you have to speak up for that to be effective. And don't expect change to happen today. Just make sure that every day you try to make that change. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you for the, uh, the extended edition. Yeah. Um, thanks for everyone watching. My brain has become mush, so it's Torch been a time. good episode. <laughs> and we'll see you guys uh, next week. Any idea what we're talking talking about next week? Um, I forgot my list. No, I don't know. I've been wanting to do, uh, we could do a hypothetical episode, but I think. Yeah, I was thinking one on like impressions, like first impressions and optics and like. Yeah, we could do that. Let's do that. Appearance of things. Yeah, this is the, you're literally witnessing our thought process. Yeah, this is so, how this is how the whole channel works. <laughs> so, all um, cuff, and we've just got nothing but cuffs. <laughs> yeah. So make sure I no, don't give a cuff. Yeah. Why not give us a like and maybe a give us to send us to one of your friends if you think we're interesting. Uh, if you've made it this far, uh, thank you for watching. And uh, you know, we actually this is we're not looking for like massive audience we're looking for someone just watches so thank you for (laughs) staying with us this long and uh we'll see you guys when we see you ciao ciao you've been listening to frivolous gravitas i like the head bob